Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to have Jack Bourne. Jack is um, an Australian, and he is the founder of um, Deadline Funnel, which is which specializes in all kinds of funnel and automated journeys. So we're gonna wanna talk about that a lot today, about conversion, about funnel marketing, etc. But first of all, I would like to hear a little bit about your background, Jack. So please introduce yourself. Yeah. So first of all, it's uh, it's really really great to be here. Um, so Elias, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make one minor correction, and that is that, um, it, as you can tell from my accent, I'm, I'm actually not Australian. I do live in Australia currently, but I'm a U.S. citizen, and being that it's um, tax time, I'm, I'm more aware than it, than most uh, months of the year that I'm a U.S. citizen because uh, <laughs> the U.S. U.S. government never lets you go. So um, yeah, so I, I moved here three years ago with my with my wife and two kids. Um, and it just happened to be really good timing in terms of, you know, uh, if you're going to pick a country to be during COVID, um, this was one of the better ones. Um, obviously, we had no idea that this was coming, but, you know, we just wanted an adventure and having built a, a software business, which I'm sure we'll get into, but having built a software business and having an amazing team of people around me, just like you've got an incredible team of people. And you said that you're going from 15 people to 20. That's fantastic. You know, but when you build it right and you build it to last, and you, you know, you you and you build the right culture in your in your business. It gives you a little bit of flexibility to, you know, you know, venture out into the world and do some other things. And so, um, you know, that's been one of the great joys is to really push myself um, to see, you know, how I can develop as a leader and to just do the best I can for for my team. Um, so backing up, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep this part as short as possible, but. Um, I've been in the marketing business since about 2001. Uh, that's when I had a uh, had a departure from corporate America. My boss and I came to the conclusion that on the same afternoon that I was not not no longer a good fit for the company, um, and so I, I I ventured out on my own and um, started building a, a software business. It took me about a year to uh, to build it up. I, I first step was to, like I did everything wrong. So this is back in 2001. You know, but probably the smarter thing would have been to go and and hire a bunch of very skilled software developers. But I decided to do it on my own, and so I, I went and bought um, one of the thickest books I've ever bought. And this, the the title of the book will date me, uh, but it was the PHP four Bible. Um, and so that was way, 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 way back. And so I started going through it and learning how to code and taught myself how to code and built, you know, built the first version of this uh, of this software. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to skip through some, some chapters, but basically, uh, after building that up, I got a little bit bored and decided, uh, there was an opportunity to go work for a guy named Perry Marshall, um, whose name appeared a few po- few episodes ago on your podcast when, uh, you had Bob Rignaris on. So Perry Marshall is a thought leader. Um, he's got several books on Amazon, uh, around Facebook, around Google AdWords and AB 20 sales and marketing. And uh, so I went to work with him and became his marketing manager. And it was just a really, really great opportunity to see how um, someone that I respected in, in many ways was, was running his business and got an opportunity to network and grow. Uh, but then I got 
was was about to say, I got bored. So this seems to be a recurring theme. So after a few years, I got, you know, I was my, I got a little bit uh, of wanderlust and I didn't want to leave working with Perry, but I, I, I missed running my own business. And so I started up yet another software company. And um, that one was called AW Pro Tools. And basically it was a software as a service subscription platform where someone who uses Aweber as their email marketing could power up the features that Aweber provided um, and make it really more competitive to some of the other things that are available in that space. Um, um, and so, because at the time there, there was, there were a lot of legacy users who were using Aweber, but Aweber's development team, as good as they were, just really, they're very slow in their development cycle. And so they had really fallen behind some of the competitors who have, who had entered the market. And so I came along and offered a way to, you know, you just pop in your credit card, take the 14 day free trial and boom, now you can do things that, you, you know, these other platforms can do and you don't have to go through the pain of the switching cost. So, um, so that was the, the first, like the first real, um, real software as a service that I built. Um, the, the, you know, the one that I built originally, that was kind of more of an agency with a monthly business model. Um, and, um, and so after a few years of, of building that up, I just saw that I was really limiting myself by just working with people who use Aweber. And so I sold off that business to an investor and created two other software platforms, one of which is uh, Deadline Funnel, which is really one of the main focuses that I have right now. And it's certainly been my main focus for the past, I'd say five or six years. And that helps um, course creators, digital marketers. And we do have some people who are in the services business or brick and mortar business, but it helps them um, convert more of their leads into clients faster. And it does that using um, automated deadlines. So basically the problem that I decided that I wanted to solve was that I'm a student of, um, of, of psychology, of social psychology, of marketing, persuasion, messaging. And so I knew that one of the most um, consistent ways to, um, to shape behavior, to make, get someone to get off the fence and to, to make a decision was deadlines and urgency. But at the time, there was really no way to um, present a deadline or a countdown or anything like that in a way that was both automated and honest. And so I thought, well, what if we could tie this in with, you know, through the APIs with the email system so that when Elias, your email set from me says, hey, today's the last day, that in fact is the last day. So it ties in with someone's automated emails, the, um, you know, so it's lead generation, there's a special offer, there's a deadline, but if they, if they wait, the deadline is genuine. It's not one of these fake things. And so uh, that was that was the that was the birth of Deadline Funnel was was taking that concept and trying to figure out how can we automate it without sacrificing integrity. And so that's what the service does. Cool. So um, one of the key things you're you're pointing out there is being honest, which, yep. as a matter of fact, when when you're talking about lead nurturing, lead nurturing programs, you already mentioned uh, tools like Aweber, but all the let's say MailChimp and, and all the email marketing platforms, marketing automation platforms have those, let's say methodologies built in. They all have those lead nurturing capabilities. Um, and that's uh, where the smart people have, to, like you have to come in because a capability doesn't mean that it's gonna work. You know, you still have to build that flow 
And that's mm-hmm. where the intelligence has to come in. Sure. The other thing that I'm seeing here is the big takeoff of, of let's say, sales technology, uh, like, like companies like Outreach or SalesLoft, which also use those sequences for uh, prospecting, for example. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I'm noticing, because I get a lot of those prospecting emails, those automated prospecting flows that, I'm, that are just being scraped off LinkedIn, I think. You know, they scrape your data from LinkedIn and then they start sending you a sequence of emails. They don't seem honest to me. Um, you, it's, it's, it, it really needs to be very personalized, uh, those emails. They need to give you a, at least a feeling that someone bothered, took some time sure. to actually build something that really matters to you. So what would be your advice? Because you have a couple of blueprints on your website and I'll share your website. You know, that there's a, you, you use mm-hmm. the blueprint methodology. So you have built out some, some of those flows and you have mm-hmm. probably uh, made errors in the past. You learn from them and improve those, those blueprints. So what would be your advice when you, when you build those blueprints, how do you really stay honest? Right. So let me let me back up to something that you said a little bit earlier. So if I understood what you're saying, it sounds like some of the emails that you are referencing, um, you, you mentioned the word scraping. And, um, and so a lot of a lot of the clients that we work with, um, this is this is inbound lead generation. So just as a quick example, you know, a, a lot of our clients, not all, but a lot of them are course creators, and they'll, they'll have a course that teaches people how to do anything from you know, how to get better at calisthenics to how to learn the piano. I mean, just anything under the sun. If there's a book or, or a magazine article dedicated to it, there's a there's someone who's created a course on it or usually multiple people. So a, a lot of a lot of the marketing around um, these types of courses um, involve some sort of lead generation. And certainly outside of online the online course creation market, lead generation is widely used as well to, to nurture leads. And so it might be, you know, someone is opting in for, you know, giving up their name and email for a video series or joining an educational webinar or going through um, a what, what sometimes is referred to as a live challenge or it could be an automated challenge. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can um, really give someone an opportunity to sort of kick the tires and test out what it is that you have and, and see, you know, do, you know what, is the, what is the feeling that I have of the information that I'm getting um, from this person and, and do I want to move forward? I mean, that's basically what's what's going on is that someone is sampling um, the knowledge and the and the and getting a sense of of the community and and who the person is, the authority. Um, and so, the j- just to make sure that we're on the same page, a lot of the a lot of the CRM um, activities, the automations that happen after the fact, those almost, I mean. I, I would say, I can't say 100% of the time because I don't know what every single client is doing, but you know the vast majority of the clients that I'm working with, what they are doing is that it all starts with someone giving their permission. They're, they're proactively signing up to receive information. And then they can always bail. They can opt out, unsubscribe, say, this isn't for me. But it always starts with someone proactively choosing to get on um, a series of emails or to join a webinar or something like that. Now, to the... Um, to the blueprints that you bring up, the um, the blueprints inside of the Dublin Funnel software um, might not be quite as elaborate as as you might be imagining. What the blueprints do is that so when when our clients arrive at our doorstep, typically they already have an idea in their head. Most clients have an idea in their head of 
how it is that they're going to attract leads into the business and then what's going to happen after that. So for example, someone might show up at our doorstep with the idea that they're going to be doing a webinar series, and that's going to be the way that they get people into their lead generation funnel. Other people are going to have um, maybe a, a free opt-in for a download, like a PDF or something like that. There, there, there could be hundreds of different ways that someone starts off this relationship, but they have an idea in their head of about how this is going to work. Usually the common thread is that there's some form of email marketing after the fact. So the blueprints help people organize um, how to use our software deadline funnel and map it over to what it is that they're doing. So for example, if someone comes in and they have an automated email series that goes for say eight days, and then they want to make a special offer that has a very specific deadline that is unique and authentic yet automated, then they can choose that email automation um, blueprint. It's not really a blueprint from the standpoint of um, this is going to show you exactly every single email and how many days it's gonna be. Now we do have courses and trainings on that, but I just wanna, I just really wanna explain what our blueprint means. And so a blueprint for something like a, um, a webinar would, would then tailor, custom tailor the resources, the training, the how-to and the content inside of our admin based on what it is that someone is building. Because one of, one of the ways that I describe our software is that it's sort of like the Zapier of urgency and deadlines because it connects with almost every email or CML, email platform, CRM, landing page builder, checkout page builder. And so everyone's using these, you know, everyone has different combinations of tools in their marketing stack. Um, and they've got their own unique idea of how they want to piece these together. And so you can imagine there's some complexity in figuring out, okay, how does Deadline Funnel fit into this? And that's what the blueprints are for, is to help them organize this and to help guide them through the process of doing this. Let's take a minute to thank Vidyard, the sponsor of this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. As you know, we're big fans of Vidyard. Vidyard is an easy to use yet powerful video solution that makes it easy to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others and track their performance. Whether you're recording a video for one person or sharing it with the world on your website, it's easy to manage your video content. The solution is built for business with strong analytics, integrations with top enterprise tools and customization options that answer your unique needs. You can upload or create marketing videos and embed them into email campaigns, landing pages, and blog posts to generate and engage more sales-ready leads. You may use interactive video elements and video personalization to boost viewer engagement, accelerate the buyer journey, and convert viewers into pipeline. You can record your screen, webcam, or both, from product demos to customer testimonials to live streamed Q&As, anyone can create their own videos in just a few clicks. You use video analytics to measure how each video impacts revenue and how they perform across your website, email marketing, YouTube, and more, all from one central dashboard. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today by going to vidyard.com slash marketing guys. That is vidyard.com slash marketing guys. And just like you guys, the team at Vidyard can't keep up with all these promo codes on podcasts. So they are making signing up as easy as possible 
with no promo code needed. Just go to vidyard.com slash marketing guys to start using Vidyard completely free. And as a bonus, get their 2021 B2B video trends guide for free. Given the pandemic that we had the last year, uh, a lot of marketers, B2B, B2C have gone online, have doubled down on, uh, on, on, on digital marketing. Uh, and as a prospect, you're also seeing more emails coming in. Mm -hmm. So, which means if you're one of the vendors or one of the sellers uh, that would like to bring something to the attention of a potential buyer, you need to set yourself apart, distinguish yourself from the other vendors even more than before the pandemic because people get overloaded with emails and, and mm -hmm. get all kinds of, they know they're in email sequences, et cetera. Um, so no, given that fact and knowing that you have to differentiate more mm -hmm. than ever, what do you think is the future of automating this, the sales funnels? Hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a tricky question. So um, I think one of the key words that you use was differentiate. I think fundamentally it comes down to, to the messaging. Okay. So you know, the, the, the actual tools that you use in your stack, although it's certainly important, I mean, it's one of, you know, I, I am the founder of one of these tools, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, fundamentally, um, it's your messaging, it's the, how you are different, it's the stories that you tell. Um, and by stories, I don't mean fictional stories that you make up. I mean, the story about your business, your origin story, your story for, you know, why you exist, the story about how your client's life or business or, you know, whatever is going to improve based on using your product or your service or hiring your agency. Um, and so sometimes literally those are stories of other clients that you've worked with. Um, but it's, it's really comes down to, to, to the messaging, because I'm sure you've seen this, there's, you know, whether you're on someone's email list because of you opted in for something. And so you gave permission and consent, or as you mentioned earlier, someone scraped your email off of LinkedIn. Um, fundamentally, someone has to get your attention, maintain your attention and explain why this is different, you know, why their service is different and how it's going to benefit you. And so really that comes down to, to messaging. So, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can deliver the messaging for, you know, in the, in the online course creation um, space, one of the things, you know, like depending on the price point, um, some people find that the best way for them to tell their story is through a, a, a webinar presentation, you know, whether they call it a webinar, I mean, it could be a Facebook live or, you know, there's a lot of different ways, but basically I'm talking about, you see the person talking, you hear them talking, you watch them move. And so you have this sense, just like someone is getting a sense right now. Like, I'm sure some people are listening to this thinking, I don't want to listen to those five more seconds. Jack's voice really annoys me. And some people are thinking, wow, I'm really into this. So people are having an immediate really visceral reaction to, to that. And that's what marketing is supposed to do. It's supposed to attract the people, you know, some people are going to be attracted to your message and some people are going to decide pretty quickly, this is not for me. But, um, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our clients find that being able to be on camera, whether it's video or real-time Facebook lives or webinars or Zoom meetings, um, gives people a very, very quick visceral three-dimensional 
profile of who the person is. You know, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard people talk about percentages of what percentage of, of communication is nonverbal, but it's a, it's a high percentage. Whatever the actual percentage is, it's a high percentage. So being able to be on camera can be very powerful. Now, the big asterisk behind that is there's a lot of people out there. One of my best friends who's a genius marketer, Andre Chaperon, which by the way, would make an amazing guest on your show. Um, he, um, he does not want to be live. He doesn't want to be on camera. He's a very shy, introverted person, but he writes the most amazing emails you will ever receive. Um, and it's, they're thought provoking. They, the, you know, it's the type of emails that his clients actually want to read. This may blow your mind, but he has sent out emails uh, in the past for my first product that I was talking about for AWeber, uh, sorry, AW Pro Tools. He sent out an email and we would get replies from people who said, um, I didn't have time to really check out your website, but Andre told me I should get this. So I bought it. I'll figure it out later. That's the level of trust that he has with his audience. And so that's a very different style of email messaging than probably you're used to from, you know, large corporations, but you know, it's a very, very effective style for him. Now that's not necessarily going to overlay perfectly for everyone, but He's a, he's a master storyteller. Um, he's very good at, at developing an emotional connection where people actually look forward to his emails landing in their inbox. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but it happens to be something that he teaches. Now, you know, to, so there's not, my, the, if, you, if you took the last 10 minutes of what I just talked about, the main message is there's no one size fits all. You know, you might be you might be super comfortable being on video, and that's a very effective way to do it. And a webinar is a fantastic arena to compress your story, your company's story, the origin story, throw in case studies, throw in examples, and then have an offer at the end of it. So you can do a lot in that 45, 60, 90 minute presentation. You can compress a marketing cycle down very, very quickly. But if you're not comfortable on webinars, for example, we talked about Perry Marshall earlier. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was his marketing manager, part of my job was to figure out how are we going to get Perry on a webinar and actually make the webinar an effective sales tool because Perry is amazing at teaching, but he is not good at selling on a webinar. He just isn't. And you know, if he were here, he would say, Jack's right, I'm not. So there's no one size fits all. And so it's, it comes down to the message. So I know that this, this was a longer answer than I was expecting, but I wanted to give a full answer to your question because I think regardless of what tool you're using, yes, the tools are important. Yes, the features are important. I mean, that's one of the things that you advise your clients on is exactly what stack to use. But I think even you would agree, you could recommend the most amazing CRM out there, but if they don't use it properly, if they tell bad stories and their messages like really, you know, so what? type of who cares type of messaging, um, it's not going to be effective. So, um, so I think it really comes down to the messaging. Cool. So the, the things that you shared the past uh, 20 minutes, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, that's, and I really love what you're saying. You know, the, the, a couple of things that you said really struck my attention. It's like the, 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 there is no one size fits all. You also spoke about simplicity about your uh, blueprints that, that are probably easier or simpler, so to say, than people think. And that's what I see a lot as well. You know, people, when they buy, when they build those journeys or those flows, they tend to make them very complicated and they, mm -hmm. they actually shouldn't be. 
Um, and the, the third thing you said was that it's all about the messaging, all about content, all about the things that you say in those emails in, on your website, yep. in the webinars, which I usually refer to as, as, it's, as it's, it's your fuel, right? So, you know, a car without any fuel doesn't run anywhere. It doesn't bring you anywhere. So, uh, and that's what, what the messaging is, what your content is, right? So I really love what you're saying there. Um, <clears throat> another thing that, <clears throat> sorry, uh, that might be um, uh, sort of connected to this is and which you hinted on uh, when you when you uh, were ending your um, message on messaging um, is your data integrity and your data infrastructure which need to be in order to be able to do this because if your uh, if your nice let's say message is not delivered to the right person or if um, the wrong company name is used or a wrong first or last name is used. So you, you need to have that data um, infrastructure in place. That's, that's what I found out at least during COVID. A lot of companies don't have that. They have CRMs, they have all kinds of tools, all kinds of marketing automation solutions, but in the end, they're not connected well or the data infrastructure just isn't in place. And um, if you want to send out that message personalized, in a great way and you spent time, effort, money on all, the, all that messaging, you need to have that in place, right? So talking about those um, solutions, tools, do you have any advice for marketers when they have a tool or when they are going to select a tool, what to, what to look after? What, what are the important criteria or maybe technical specs that a tool needs to have in order to create those, uh, let's say, flows or uh, funnels? Okay, so I th I, when we were talking before we hit record, um, your, I, think, I think some of the CRMs that your agency typically recommends are at the sort of enterprise level of Salesforce and Marketo and, and things like that. A lot of our clients are using still extremely powerful um, tools, CRMs, email automations, but mm -hmm. they're more, some of the more popular ones are ActiveCampaign, ConvertKit, Entreport, um, what used to be called Infusionsoft. I think their name is Keep now. Yeah, um, yeah but there, there's, there, and I'm, I'm leaving out several of them, but you know, there, there's dozens of these where um, you know, either a, a solopreneur or a team of up to say 20 people not that there's a limit at 20, but you know that's typically the the strike zone in, in which these these uh, companies operate. These are the types of tools that our clients are using. So one of the one of the key things that you know that, that we like to see a tool have um, is number one. So there, there there's some there's some some things that are just kind of table stakes. Like you need to you need to be able to send out emails. You need to be able to you know, store data, as you mentioned, there needs to be data integrity, like, like, I'm, I'm skipping over some of the things that I just feels like all of these tools have have those things. Um, but some of the things that we like to see are um, the ability to use tags, that's pretty common, um, the ability to have logic based on, okay, when this person has this tag, do this certain thing, move them out of this sequence and move them into this other sequence. So a very simple one could be, you know, someone's in, if you're in, if you're in the marketing sequence and you purchase, 
you don't need any more sales emails. It's mm -hmm. time to stop selling to you at, at the very least, because even though it doesn't cost anything to send you those emails, you probably don't want to receive them. And probably what you want to receive are onboarding emails um, that are going to help you get maximum value out of that, confirm that you made a great decision and yeah, try make it so that you're a really, really happy client because you, you're getting immediate utility out of what you just purchased. So this won't be the last purchase that you make hopefully. So, um, so you need some sort of automation so that when someone transacts and usually, and, and again, with the clients that we're working with, usually that transaction happens on another platform. So you need to sort of bring these pieces together. Sometimes you're using Zapier, sometimes you're using webhooks, but some sort of feedback loop that says, hey, Elias just bought, so he needs to get the onboarding sequence instead of more marketing emails. Um, and then the last piece is the ability to send a webhook um, is, is really nice. So a webhook like the non-technical term of that would be like a signal. It's just a signal from one software platform to another. Now, if, if a platform doesn't have that, but they have the ability to connect via Zapier, I've, I never know whether it's Zapier or Zapier, but anyways, I'm going to call it Zapier. People um, know what you mean. People know what you yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Zapier, uh, send, connect through Zapier to, um, to another, to another, to our platform and other platforms. And, you know, those are really the, the things that someone needs. And I would say most of the tools out there have that. So then it comes down to, well, how do you, that really doesn't, Jack, that's great, but it doesn't narrow it down enough for me to know this is the one single one for me. I think from there, it kind of depends on your personal preference. So um, I look at these softwares as having a bit of a personality. And so when you get in, you start to use them and you go through their free trial, you get the sense of whether this, software really speaks to you. So as long as it has the tools and resources that you need, um, then I think it just comes down to a matter of personal preference. It's sort of like, you might be a PC guy and I'm a Mac guy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's really nothing that I can do that you can't do. It's just a, a matter of, you know, the way that the keyboard feels, or maybe you think that I'm involved in a cult because I buy a Mac all the time, you know? So it, it really just comes down to personal preference, but the, the tool is going to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do I do think it's uh, one of the important things that you said there is uh, integrations and the um, uh, the the way tools can integrate because I um, have had a separate episode on that earlier a couple of episodes back. But um, you know the integrations usually are shown on the website of the vendor. And usually there's like a matrix and that that that's like a red and and green flags or whatsoever that shows mm -hmm. if there is some kind of integration. Um, I always tend to say to people, you know, don't look beyond those flags or crosses or whatsoever, because um, there's not no such thing as a standard integration. So the, 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 the some or, or as Orwell might say, might say is like some integrations are more equal than others. Um, it's, right. it's just um, the fact that you want to send data from one system to the other uh, can be done on a lot of different levels. So even if you're using Zapier, there's different kind of uh, levels of integrations. So you can definitely look into that if you're, if, you're, if you're thinking about getting a marketing automation solution, look, look the way they integrate, what kind of partner they have in Zapier, you know, how do they integrate? Because I think 
there's a lot of differences in in those and he, and if you want to into into integrate your crm you know it's some of them just send the leads back and forth others integrate mm -hmm. reporting do real times sending emails from the crm from within the crm you know there's there's a lot of different integration possibilities yeah you you mentioned something that i'll just i'll just kind of add to quickly and that is that we we see that some some companies like there's different ways to integrate with zapier and so people who are not actually in the weeds with writing the code mm -hmm. or this isn't their their day-to-day -day business um may not know this there's no reason to but there's just because someone integrates with zapier doesn't mean that you can therefore do all the things that you want to do like there's some very rudimentary basic um, you know, integrations with Zapier that leave a lot of things missing. And then there are some companies that have extremely robust integrations. Um, there are other companies who say, you know, yeah, we've got a great integration with Zapier, but we also have all these other features and tools. One of the other things I was going to mention, which, you know, in, in our world of, um, of what we do, a lot of our clients eventually want to be able to schedule emails in their automated sequences to go at pretty specific um, times of day. And so um, that's another thing that I think could narrow down the list. So yeah. for example, well, I'm not going to name names, but there, there are, there are companies, in, you know, that I've seen um, that we integrate with that when a client comes to us and, and says, Hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Um, we unfortunately have to tell them, well, we're not trying to get you to switch away from this company, but you know, you're not going to be able to do that because there's just not that level of granularity to be able to say, okay, at, 1 p.m. on this last day, you want to be able to send this email. Okay, here you go. So a, a lot of companies make that very easy. Um, other companies make it difficult. And some companies, it's not possible at all. So, you know, that's that's something that I would say, if you're thinking about doing this, um, I would I would highly recommend that you at least add that to your list if you're looking. But, uh, you know, most of the clients that we work with already have their... CRM or email platform chosen and, and people switch sometimes, but, you know, we're not in the business of really trying to convince someone to switch platforms. We'll, you know, work with whatever platform they've got, but if they ask us, we'll, we'll let them know which ones we like the best. Cool. So, um, I, I think we shared, or you shared a lot of information on the, uh, on this topic. I'd like to thank you very much for being on the marketing technology podcast. Of course, yeah, it's great being here. I will share your data. Um, so a link to your website, your personal website, uh, deadline funnel and to your LinkedIn profile. So people know where to find you, will know where to find you. Um, and, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoy it when people really know their subject. So, um, you know, it was great, great episode. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to have you back in the uh, in the future. Uh, thank you very much, Jack. Thank you very much. It was awesome.